Well, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Real Life. I'm Lisa, and today we are going to be talking about cortisol, what it does and why it matters for your mental health. This podcast is not intended to replace therapy, counseling, or seeing a psychiatrist. All information is researched and opinions are my own. I am a inpatient mental health registered nurse and professional content developer. So let's start talking about cortisol. Many of us have heard about cortisol, but it's known as the stress hormone. And cortisol can impact your sleep, your mood, and your energy level. And when cortisol levels are off, your body and brain respond. And here's how to strike a better balance. Most people have heard about the hormone cortisol, as I said, in conjunction with the fight or flight response triggered by the brain when we're scared or running for our lives, as our ancestors might have. Another easy way to understand the the fight or flight response is an example from the animal kingdom, like when an antelope spots a pride of hungry lions across a vast grassland. The antelope's brain recognizes the threat and sends signals to provoke a cascade of changes in its body, including releasing cortisol into the blood uh, to energize and prepare it to face the predator, or more realistically, to attempt to escape. Now, while the antelope example provides a general explanation of how the body responds to stress or fear, it doesn't do cortisol justice. In fact, even though cortisol is often called the stress hormone, In truth, it is so much more than that. So what is cortisol? Uh, The job of every hormone is to send messages to different parts of the body. The messages they send and where they send them to depend on which type of hormone we are talking about. Insulin, for example, keeps your blood sugar under control, while uh, melatonin tells your body when it's time to go to sleep. Most hormones are created within small organs called glands, and the main job of these glands is usually to produce and release specific hormones into the bloodstream so they can take their messages where they're supposed to go. Cortisol is made in your two adrenal glands. There's one atop of each kidney. The adrenal glands, known or know when to make and release cortisol based on a sort of ongoing conversation between two different parts of the brain, the pituitary gland and the hypothalamus. 
together the adrenal glands, the pituitary gland, and the hypothalamus are called the HPA axis. Now, I'm not going to get into anatomy and physiology or anything like that, but it's important to understand uh, the basics. Now, stress is not the only reason the adrenal glands are told to release cortisol. The pituitary gland and the hypothalamus are constantly checking up on the levels of cortisol in your blood to make sure there isn't too much or too little. When it is too little, they send signals to release more. And of course, when it's too much, they put the brakes on these signals. And the cortisol level in your body naturally fluctuates over the course of the day in a rhythm set by the brain. What does cortisol do? There are trillions of cells in your body, and a majority of them have receptors for cortisol, meaning that cortisol can bind to almost any cell and change how it functions. This is why cortisol is so important. It plays a role in essentially every system in the body. So, cortisol prepares the body to deal with stress or danger. Cortisol helps control blood sugar and blood pressure. Uh, Cortisol regulates how the body uses food and gets energy. Your metabolism. Uh, Cortisol plays a role in helping the brain form memories. And it helps the body recognize when it's time to sleep and when to wake up. There are also eh, many minor and subtle effects of cortisol, but we won't get into that. So let's go into what's important. How cortisol impacts your mental health. To explain how cortisol can affect mental health, let's go back to the scenario where the antelope encountered a pack of hungry lions. Now, in this day and age, most people aren't encountering wild animals on a daily basis, but while the circumstances around us are different from an antelope or our ancient ancestors, our brains are still trained to respond to threats. They have been calibrated to view modern fears and anxieties similar to the sight of a hungry lion. But today, the fight or flight response is more likely to come from situations such as giving a presentation, going to a party, or even just thinking about something that makes you anxious. For the most part, fight or flight, otherwise known as acute stress or a a time of stress, is a, a, a good thing. If you suddenly see a car swerving into your lane and your body triggers a, a stress response, you, you'll be able to respond quickly and maneuver out of the way. 
And even when the body responds this way to a non-threatening situation, like playing tennis with a friend, it can still be beneficial because it gets you geared up to perform at full capacity. Problems begin when acute stress is triggered by societal or mental stressors rather than physical stressors as commonplace as paying your bills, sitting in traffic, or even responding to an email. Your body is prepared to act, but there's not much it can do to get away from the perceived threat. Your heart rate and blood pressure are elevated and your body is in overdrive in preparation, but there's no tangible predator to fend off and you're left depleted. While fight or flight is activated, all of your energy is directed toward the threat and many other bodily functions that are non-essential at the moment are slowed or halted. And problems worsen when that acute stress turns into chronic stress. The fight or flight is a process that was meant to be fleeting. After escaping or dealing with the situation, the body is supposed to return to its normal state. Cortisol and other hormone levels blood pressure, and heart rate are all supposed to go back to a resting state. And symptoms like digestion that were not essential for survival at the time get back to work. So there are many chronic stress conditions. Uh, Chronic stress is when your fight or flight response gets activated too often or stays on for too long. The wear and tear that chronic stress puts on your body is linked with numerous mental and physical health issues, including anxiety, depression, digestive issues, headaches, heart problems, difficulty sleeping, gaining weight, and problems with memory and concentration. In part, the prolonged high cortisol levels prompted by chronic stress are thought to cause these problems. While the relationship between cortisol and the development of mental health issues isn't completely clear-cut, it's safe to say that chronic stress can make us vulnerable to the development of psychiatric illnesses. Studies on this topic have revealed differing findings concerning whether high cortisol, uh, low cortisol, or just a poorly regulated cortisol clock is linked to mental health issues like depression, bipolar disorder, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, and substance use disorders. Mental health changes are something that may be a consequence of an excess or absence of cortisol, but it is unlikely to be the primary cause. The cause and effect are quite unclear. So the relationship between cortisol and mental health, uh, I think that the most important takeaway at this point is that it's a relationship that's not fully understood. 
So what happens when cortisol levels are too high or too low? While we don't exactly know the link between high or low cortisol and mental health issues, we know of specific health issues that can develop due to low or high cortisol levels. So high cortisol levels. When you have too much cortisol in your body over a long period, a disorder called Cushing's syndrome can occur. Cushing's syndrome most commonly develops when people take medications called glucocorticoids at high doses for a long time. Glucocorticoids are synthetic drugs similar in structure and function to the cortisol that is naturally produced in the body. In pill form, these drugs are used to treat conditions like asthma, rheumatoid arthritis, and lupus, and can also be injected to treat pain like joint pain or, or back pain. It's also possible to develop Cushing's syndrome if your body is overproducing cortisol due to a tumor, whether cancerous or non-cancerous. For example, a non-cancerous tumor in the pituitary gland can cause an increase in the signals that tell the adrenal glands to make cortisol. So it's increasing cortisol production. Some of the signs and symptoms of Cushing syndrome are gaining weight or changes in the way your weight is distributed, like more fat in the face, neck, and shoulders, but thinning the arms and legs. Thinning and slow healing skin, purple colored stretch marks on the skin, easy bruising, and acne are other common symptoms. If Cushing syndrome is left untreated, it can lead to much more severe complications and can even be fatal. Interestingly, depression is very prevalent among people with Cushing's syndrome, another piece of the puzzle between high cortisol levels and mental health. In Cushing's syndrome, people experience significant mood changes. Even after it's treated, the depression aspects persist not uncommonly for up to a year or more. So there are significant happenings in the central nervous system that we don't fully understand. So let's talk about now low, low cortisol levels. On the other hand, when the adrenal glands aren't making, are not making enough cortisol and other hormones, people can develop adrenal insufficiency or adizens. Addison's disease. These conditions can start when the adrenal glands ab ability to produce cortisol is affected or because the signals telling the adrenal glands to produce cortisol are lowered. People with adrenal insufficiency or Addison's disease may experience symptoms like fatigue, weakness in their muscles, poor appetite, weight loss, and stomach pain. Severe complications and even death can occur if Addison's disease is not treated. Adrenal insufficiency is also linked to mental health issues like memory problems, depression, and psychosis. All told, the fact that too much or too little cortisol is associated with mental health issues reveals that the right amount of cortisol is a delicate balance. Problems likely arise when the balance 
is thrown off kilter. Uh, doctors can figure out how much cortisol is in your body with tests that measure the levels in your saliva, your urine, your blood, and even your hair. But however, uh, because cortisol levels change throughout the day, testing may only give you a snapshot of the cortisol levels at that moment of the test. That's why tests may need to be done multiple times in a day. Now, I'm not going to be getting into all these different tests and all this, but how can you lower or balance your cortisol levels? Well, chronic stress is the main factor known to increase your cortisol levels, but what you eat and how much you sleep also play a role. These lifestyle habits and factors can all elevate cortisol. Uh, drinking alcohol, too little sleep, eating a diet rich in refined carbs and sugar, inflammation, and pain. Many of these factors are often wrapped up together, triggering an unhealthy cycle of eating poorly, not sleeping enough, and being chronically stressed. Uh, so the best way to balance your cortisol levels is to reduce your stress, uh, in part by cutting out unhealthy lifestyle choices and increasing healthy ones. But you should always speak to your doctor as far as what is best. So there are many ways to relieve stress, and some have been linked to a decrease in cortisol. Uh, however, it's important to remember that cortisol is only part of the way our bodies react to stress. And most studies on this topic only provide a potential link between stress-relieving strategies and lower cortisol levels, not a definitive connection. So that being said, here are some stress-relieving techniques to help you balance the cortisol levels in your body. Get plenty of sleep. Proper sleep is key to reducing stress. Uh, do things you enjoy. Maybe it's spending time with a pet. One study found that interacting with cats and dogs may lower uh, a person's cortisol levels. In another study, making art had a similar effect. Next, get outside. According to some studies, spending time in nature could also be a good option for stress relief and cortisol reduction. Then uh, try meditation and breathing exercises. There's no harm and potentially a lot of good in using meditation and other relaxation techniques to relieve stress. Various studies have found a potential benefit of deep breathing exercises and mindfulness meditation for stress reduction and healthy cortisol levels. If you're not a practice meditator, don't worry. No matter which type of meditation or breathing technique you choose, the important thing is that you spend time relaxing and clearing your mind. Uh, also, dive into yoga and other forms of exercise. We all know that exercise is excellent for both your mental and physical health. Its stress-relieving capabilities may even lower your cortisol levels, although evidence is limited.
eat a healthy diet. The best advice is to stick with a balanced diet, rich in fruits, veggies, and other plant-based foods. Uh, Not fad diets, not the Atkins, not the keto. Uh, You have to uh, have, uh, watch your portions and make sure your diet is balanced. Uh, Reach out for social support. Spend more time with your friends, colleagues, and family members and build deeper connections with them to harness the potential power of social support in reducing stress. According to one study, laughing may also help. And then seek professional help. If you're having trouble getting your stress under control, a professional therapist or mental health counselor can be immensely helpful. Working with a therapist can help you identify what is causing your stress and develop actionable stress-reducing strategies. So, if your cortisol is too high due to Cushing syndrome, a serious condition caused by too much cortisol, you'll need to work with a doctor to treat the problem correctly and lower your cortisol levels. However, if you're worried about your cortisol levels because you're stressed out and feel like you're in a constant state of fight or flight, the best way to solve the problem is to reduce your stress. Only you can know what's really going on in your life that's causing you to stress. And therefore, you are your own best advocate. Some of the common ways to relax and cut out stress are exercising, getting more and better quality sleep, leaning on friends and family, seeking support from a therapist, and doing more of the things you love. Cortisol. Be good or bad, but it's, as I said, important to see a doctor and or see a therapist or counselor. So take care of yourself. This is Real Life. I'm Lisa. Stay well.